0: everybody welcome back to the the life is sweet podcast
1: there you go you got it
0: i got it right this time (laughs) we are back on it's june now early june i don't really know what what the date is it is
1: the fifth day
0: already yeah holy smokes Mm -hmm. and it's scorching it's hot and we're inside.
1: We are hiding.
0: We're hiding from the sun. Yes. Because <laughs> the sun wants to kill us if we go outside.
1: Yeah. It's it's full on that season where you do your stuff in the morning and the evening. Um, and then as much as you're able, hide. Of course, lots of folks are not able to get out um, of the sun in the mid-afternoon. But uh if you're able to it's uh it's a bit of a ghost town out there
0: as it should be <laughs> okay well um good news you you just got back from something
1: yeah i i did actually uh leave the cold layer that we've that we we're We've been hiding in. Um, I went and got my second uh, Moderna shot, so I am fully vaxed. Uh, within two weeks, I will be able to uh, lick any service that I so choose to. Uh, I don't know what else. Uh,
0: you won't need to be so so afraid of. You'll have. You won't have to ask the children to stop licking you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think anything will massively change. Um school is is remote until the end of the year. Um and of course, a lot of the kids are not vaccinated, so my work is pretty much the same. We're keeping up the same protocols um to stop the spread, and there's still a lot of restrictions uh, right now to try to lower cases. So um it's more of a peace of mind thing uh, rather than any sort of lifestyle changes that will be happening but that's uh it's worth a lot it's it's good I and t- I just got the shot uh from what I've heard the second dose hits you a lot harder um some of my coworkers did not feel so hot for a day or two after they got it so I'm anticipating not feeling my best for the next day or two but that's okay it's uh <laughs> it's so hot there's uh it's okay to be uh, hanging out in your air-conditioned bedroom for the next day or two.
0: Eating sunflower seeds, reading The Expanse.
1: Yeah, plowing <laughs> my way through The Expanse, um, eating the gravel. I don't know. My first shot, I actually got some nausea with the Moderna, um, and I know that's one of the side effects, so we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, my arm is already a little bit sore, but uh, we'll see what what fun side effects I uh, come up with.
0: It'll be interesting for me to observe as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because you can go, you can, um, you could get Moderna as well whenever uh, your time comes up for that. uh, Even though you got AZ. Yeah,
0: I can mix and match now.
1: Yeah. There's no more rules.
0: There's no rules. Yeah, I can let all the vaccines have free play in my body. They're, they'll be fine. Yeah. I'll be fine. We'll all be fine. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm was. i thinking, well, yeah, the pandemic is going to be over for me exactly two weeks after I get vaccinated. <laughs> and then uh, I can stride across the world like a god.
1: <laughs> It'll be still going on for me in the education system for a while yet.
0: It'll still be going on for a lot of people.
1: Yes, especially around the world. Absolutely.
0: And don't want to take that for granted. No. But like also something not taking for granted. A bunch of people that I thought might be hesitant to get vaccinated see got vaccinated or have booked or are booking appointments. And I'm that's I'm stoked about that.
1: Yeah, it's good to hear um some of the the, the people we know um who were not uh lining up right away are uh finally Uh, Feeling ready to get the jab.
0: Yeah, real real jab hours. (laughs) And that's pretty cool. And uh, I don't think it's anything that we had any influence on. No. Um, Yeah, our rant about the rally on our last episode had no, I don't think had had anything to do with that.
1: I think it's just all of the, um, actually, I think the biggest thing for people really has been Uh, Seeing people be moved out of province uh, because the ER system in the city, uh, especially but in the province, has uh, been totally collapsed um, and that there's still the cases are still pretty high. We're still in the two or three hundreds daily case counts. So there's still definitely people coming to the ERs. Um, in this wave. So I, I feel like that has had a bigger impact. And perhaps some of um, seeing people who are fully vaccinated be able to go to the NHL games uh, in other provinces, there is some opening. Um, I also think, too, in in a lot of my social media where I follow people in the U.S., um, I'm unclear on the situation uh, in across the U.S., but certainly in some states they seem to have gotten their vaccinations um over with and are now i see people like road tripping vacationing um going out to the patio that sort of thing so i feel like those images coming up on maybe on social media more is is maybe starting to motivate some folks
0: yeah and i think like as it as the shots become like spread throughout the population even in some of the more like rural areas um people are encountering more people who have been vaccinated and seeing like there's not too much to be concerned about yeah and the people who are concerned about vaccinations at this time are becoming fewer and fewer and and maybe are like not the type of people that um that some people want to be associated with um but also um the ex- more accessibility, more sites where you can get it.
1: Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's getting easier and easier. Um, I just went back to the same clinic I went to to get the first one. Uh, actually, it was at l- lunchtime. My coworkers and I all uh, made our appointments um, together and got them all booked. So it was good.
0: Yeah, a bit late in the third wave, but um, we could complain about uh, the vaccine rollout or till the cows come home. But we're not going to do that. Um and related to some to our like to our rant at the last at the end of our last episode, we want to continue ranting.
1: Well, no, not <laughs> ranting, no. We, not we rant,
0: we're it, thinking we reminiscing. Wanna,
1: we want to flip it um and uh, rather than talking about um harmful sort of conspiracy theories we started to talk about what were some of the like fun or enjoyable if like conspiracy theories or just like urban legends or um sort of things we we indulged in in thinking were real as kids and we both talked about the different things that um our families uh were involved in um and I mean some some were uh Harmless than others, maybe.
0: Um, <laughs> in hindsight, I think mine were a little bit more like psychologically harmful. Yeah, <laughs> than than yours. I see. There were like real stakes involved in s- some of the stuff that that I believed as a kid.
1: Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> and in
0: hindsight, I'm like laughing about. Like it. I'm
1: not traumatized by the Sasquatch, <laughs> uh, personally.
0: No, like the Sasquatch isn't coming back to Earth to like rapture you or, or your family or no or, not, or leave you behind. You know, for instance. the
1: Sasquatch is just out there living its best life, uh, regardless of what I do. Um, yeah. So.
0: So yeah, let's let's get into it. Um, conspiracy theories and
1: magical thinking. Of we our do years. have one in common. The first, yeah, the first one is kind of the one that we both and everybody loves this one. Yeah, and I feel like this is also maybe a product of our eras too even though john Mm -hmm. and i are like different generations sort of six years between us um there is definitely we still grew up in in the era of like cable television and uh we didn't
0: have cable though okay peasant vision
1: (laughs) i didn't have cable either i had peasant vision but like um unsolved mysteries yes and very formative (laughs) all these sorts of things uh uh close encounters x X, i didn't watch x files but i i you know that was the soup in which i was growing up also uh in in the cultural osmosis but yeah folks we're talking about aliens here
0: We're talking about aliens. Yeah. Our brothers from another galaxy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, I think- And part- it's also
0: um, topical now with uh, the US releasing-
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: basically coming on some, saying that- Some d-
1: limited hangout uh, information from the uh, from the Air Force, from the so Navy. So aliens are back. Aliens are back in a big way. I feel like they've had a renaissance. Um, I guess my first sense of, of, of the renaissance or like coming back to- Aliens, which was something I, I enjoyed you know watching documentaries and unsolved mysteries about as a kid was um one of our our favorite podcasts i uh, I don't know if we've mentioned them yet, but uh like desert oracle, yeah, um which we learned about through the Trillbillies, uh another favorite podcast and mm-hmm. um we yeah, on uh, Desert Oracle uh, comes out of Joshua Tree, um, and among the topics that uh, Ken Lane talks about, uh, one of the biggest ones is sightings of aliens in the Mojave, um, black triangles, lights, um, mysterious area 51. Yeah, Roswell. Area Fifty One. It's it's the it's really the the heartland of that. Um, but it, it comes from a um, a direction that feels i guess more rational more um not steeped in far right wing um adjacent <laughs> topics i guess um ken lane will talk about you know sustainability um about like class and and development and um environmentalism and, and the history of the desert and all of these things. Um indigenous history. Indigenous history and things like that. And and tied in with um these more modern um alien sightings. So it it feels uh I don't know, it feels a little more friendly, I guess. Um
0: yeah, more f- of like approaching the unknown with a sense of like of awe and wonder. And yeah. just thinking what is there's so much we don't understand and what what is actually going on in in the natural phenomena of of our world and and the cosmos and kind of you have more of that just staring up at the night sky in wonder rather than the more like um the, the darker more like paranoid type conspiracies there's definitely some
1: of, of the the more um unnerving uh encounters um the of yeah the, the black well, the, triangles or the lights following um people at night um yeah. things like that uh cow cattle mutilation
0: there is yeah there is an air of like of danger too that and that's part of like the titillation of it yeah. is what is going on uh like, what could possibly happen to you, like, if you encounter an alien. And, like, Manitoba isn't, like, Manitoba isn't... Manitoba has its own um, alien encounter stories, too. Like, there's one at uh, the West Hawk Lake incident, or the Falcon Lake incident. Do you remember that? No,
1: I think that's more... You would know more about that than me.
0: Okay, well, yeah, you grew up in Saskatchewan, so maybe that Saskatchewan has their own their own aliens but it's i'm i just remembered the falcon lake incident so um my facts might not be totally correct <laughs> but it seems like a sort of like a like a canadian a made in manitoba fire in the sky type situation <laughs> um where there was there was a man who encountered aliens in the bush had an alien experience which may or may not have uh, included probing and then was like deposited back into uh back at the same site i think and then there was uh like burn marks on like the shield the rocks like around him or something like that somebody who's listening is going to know the details more than me (laughs) and uh maybe i'll like put a link up about that so that people can actually read about what actually what the story actually was um so like that's a famous manitoba alien encounter
1: yeah mine are more i mean my parents had stories about seeing uh things flying in the sky especially at night um but the big thing when i was a kid was crop circles
0: oh me too
1: and um and my grandparents, actually, my grandpa would drive us out whenever we heard about a new crop circle appearing, uh, would drive us out to go see the crop circles. Did you see them? Uh, I think we, there was one near Rokenville, um, about 20 minutes from Moosman. Uh, so we did go and see the crop circles. Um, I think I watched a documentary once about how the people made them. They had like a, a two by four uh, with two strings that they they used to like create the circles. Um, so I think as a kid, I didn't really believe that the crop circles were aliens, but um, it was part of the whole package. Like my family, um, there was always the the weekly world news and the national Enquirer, (laughs) and just like the, you know, the standard like, bat boy emerges from cave um sort of things we always had those in the in the bathroom and that's what Fun. we would read uh that was the bathroom reading um as a kid so it was all this crazy stuff and it wasn't that my parents were um big believers in in all of this stuff um necessarily they just they it was amusing um it was interesting and there's just enough um in some of the some of the articles or some of the magazines where you're kind of like hmm maybe um but yeah my parents loved we watched all the documentaries about like aliens about the like the lights over phoenix and all of these Mm -hmm. things um growing up uh of course me and my friends were the right age to have the absolute pants scared off us by signs the movie Signs. <laughs> uh, right yeah yeah uh i'm sure everyone knows you know the part where like the alien comes from like behind the bush like walks past that uh there's it, it's like a gif now people know about it but yeah when the they they're seeing the video um on the news of the alien of the aliens um but yeah <laughs> just <laughs> i just remember a group of my friends watching that movie together, like in the dark. Yeah. Um, As you would. Screaming.
0: <laughs> yes, naturally. Yeah. Like one of the first, uh, alien when aliens like entered my consciousness, I remember it like vividly. I'm older than you. So instead of signs, I have distinct memories of the mini V in th- that came out in like the early to mid eighties. So this might be before you were born, actually. Yeah, I have no, I was I have very, no idea what this is. I was a very, very small child. Uh, we were still, my family was still living in Landmark at the time. So I would have been three or four um, when, and this might not have even been like the original V miniseries. I think they made an actual series after that. But it was aliens coming down to Earth, making c- contact under the premises that they're going to give us like, new technology and be beneficial and all that stuff. And uh but no surprise they were scary like reptilian monsters that wanted to enslave us. And uh that was bad. And then like the but the four, the people of earth had to organize and come together to defeat the uh techno lizards hmm. that were enslaving them. And now that I'm talking about it, there's some very uh, explicit politics in that uh in that type of show but maybe seeing that at age three had to (laughs) was more formative and than i thought but like that was that was one specifically and then unsolved mysteries yeah x-files was another was another one and then around that time this is like early 90s neverville had its own crop circle oh yeah up here and i remember well my parents were taking you us a small to go...
1: town if you didn't have a crop circle to go see really i suppose everyone had to ha- yeah had to
0: have one um but yeah and that was that was crazy for me because like aliens were to- this was proof like aliens exist these guys are real <laughs> and i've heard some bad stuff about them <laughs> Like (laughs) maybe maybe you should be concerned. And uh, but I thought it was super cool in the daytime when we were there walking around. There's other people there. But like later at night, I was tormented and terrified, and believing if aliens have landed here in Niverville, like they could still they're probably still here (laughs) in town right now. There's nothing stopping them from coming to our house um like opening the door coming downstairs walking into my bedroom uh abducting me like things like that it freaked me out so much and i was in i think i was like 12 at the time that i had to go upstairs and it was very embarrassing for me because i thought i'm too old to be scared in bed and then going up to my parents and, like, crying about aliens coming to uh, abduct me Amazing. in my bedroom.
1: I never had that. I don't <laughs> think I, I... I was never... Uh... No, I was never at that place where I was afraid. And I think, for me, um, my mom is a big Star Trek fan. So, we we watched a lot of sci-fi in the Twilight Zone, too. So, I, I was... Um, I... I don't think I ever had that abduction or like fear of aliens that like other people I know that are my age or a little older had and don't ever Mm -hmm. remember being like afraid of aliens and more so being like just interested in the idea that they existed. Um, I don't know if I viewed them as benevolent, but yeah, I don't I I never had a, a terror of aliens, not like ghosts. Right. Well, we can, <laughs> we'll
0: get to that too. That's another popular one. And uh but yeah, the abduction thing was real for me and I think growing up as like uh in an evangelical circle, you all the to go um we can talk about this some more too, but like like rapture mm. of Jesus coming back and either taking you or not taking you based on your um level of purity or belief or um or whatnot was also like a reality that i was living in so like basically yeah getting uh, getting abducted and taking to space and being taken to space was like was a real thing whether it's jesus or aliens but yeah that was just something hanging around in in the in my subconscious but like some more like real life like alien stuff oh also like the christian singer larry norman had a song called UFO um and uh on like one of his albums in the early 70s and Larry Norman is great I recommend anyone <laughs> like listening to him or maybe not I don't know but he was also pretty pretty formative and uh like as a christian kid uh there was a line in in a song that goes if there's life on other planets that I'm sure that he must know, and he's been there once already, and he's died to save their souls. <laughs> <laughs> Which always like envisioned, uh, like brought up like visions of Jesus, then like traveling to other planets, descending, um, like to then be like brutally murdered by the inhabitants there, um, all in like a, a galactic universal plan to save like literally every sentient being. By just getting uh Murced. just getting murked on every planet that he goes to
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did not have these thoughts growing up uh, I did not have a similar background to to John growing up so um I always sort of I think as a kid i i um I always thought people who were afraid of abduction i I, I guess I always I never quite in terms of aliens, I think the abduction stories were the ones that I believed the least. Um I wasn't uh I didn't really think people were actually abducted. Um as a kid I was more on the side of like yeah alien craft uh maybe visiting and doing like covert surveillance but like I really don't think they're abducting just like random uh loggers and
0: (laughs) 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 we can uh speculate on why but i've like had a personal like black triangle encounter
1: yeah yeah you have (laughs) i i haven't really
0: and I know other people who have had, like, strange, like, lights in the sky, sightings and things like that. Yeah. And Very I'll, I'll, I'll tell you quickly tell you my black triangle encounter. It was me and, um, me and my friend Wes had. Uh, we driving back to town from having attended uh, an Ozzy Osbourne concert <laughs> at the old Winnipeg Arena. <laughs> and uh, it was a good concert. We liked it. Uh, quite a bit. Like, yeah. And uh, we're and driving back into uh, Niverville, and we had turned down a stretch of five miles uh, into town, and we noticed there was um, following us um, in the field, uh, or at least like <laughs> parallel to us. Yeah, like they the weren't. Were aliens weren't in ab- into abducting and, and were like, like uh, uh, Mennonite children. It seemed like they were matching our speed. <laughs> it seems like they are more interested in abducting. Um, which like, seemed a little strange. Thoughts. Fishing. A plane or a helicopter some or something uh, at this hour. Um, we've never seen anything like that before. As I recall, um, it sped up ahead of us and then went over over town and stopped and like hovered over um, near like the grain elevator hmm. and stopped like right above it um, or close to the grain elevator anyway and like wow (laughs) that's really strange and we like drove into town and like we're we're trying to find it and we drove to the spot where it was and it was a triangle of lights as i remember Hmm. with like the classic triangle of lights with like a red light in the middle um and uh we got out of our minivan that we're driving my (laughs) parents minivan (laughs) And I remember, like, yelling, we were, like, yelling at it, like, hey, you, come down here. Why don't you abduct us? <laughs> if you want to abduct somebody, come on. <laughs> and we're, like, taunting it. Um, like I said, this was right after an Ozzy Osbourne concert. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's, like, just remained stationary and then, like, slowly started moving back out of town. Hmm. And then it's, uh, I think we jumped back into the van and tried, like, driving after it, but it sped away. It was gone. Hmm. Didn't see it again. So All right. I might be, like, misremembering some minor details, <laughs> but that was something that I definitely experienced in real life. So, meh. What you going to do?
1: Yeah, we kind of missed our opportunity uh we were supposed to go on a road trip to the southwest um last spring break before uh before the blo- border closed. So we uh we haven't had our chance to go down to uh Black Triangle Central um and see what we could see, but yeah, so aliens, big one. I feel like uh yeah, not not scary for me, more just like fun to think about. Um and just I I enjoy a good alien documentary uh anytime I come across it. It's just very like nostalgic and uh relaxing to me and fun to think about.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel that way now too. Sort of like a return to childhood. And that's pretty good. Who doesn't want to return to childhood?
1: Oh, not me. No, I'm good. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I guess I don't need to <laughs> change my
1: answer. And if
2: there's life on other planets, then I'm sure that he must know.
0: on from aliens
1: yeah so uh ghosts were a big one for me growing up i come from a family where ghosts it's a given that they're real um my my stepdad especially uh is is catholic um ghosts are real they're around they can affect the world around you um and my mom is definitely in on that. Um despite her claims to be an atheist, uh definitely believes in ghosts. <laughs> um so she she's a little un uh, inconsistent with that. But yeah, we had um a couple of houses growing up. We tended to rent. Um we were quite poor when I was growing up and uh the houses that we rented were, um, among the reputedly haunted ones in town. Um, one of the houses, we, we moved into town, uh, when I was in kindergarten and that house that we lived in, it was an old two story. It had a creepy crawl space around the second story. Um, it wasn't very big, uh, but it was in, um, It hadn't really been maintained in in many years um, as a rental property. And um, my parents have a story about sitting in the living room and having um, tape cassettes fly off of the shelf and across the room of hearing voices um, in the house. Um, I don't. Personally, remember anything feeling too ghosty? I guess in that house, um, aside from the, um, I, it, this wasn't a ghost thing. Um, my uh, in my bedroom, part of the wall had a hole punched through the drywall, and there was just crawl space behind it. And the landlord was very negligent and did not come and fix it for a long time. Um, and so I just had this like gaping black hole beside my bedroom or beside my bed for. <laughs> For years.
0: Very comforting.
1: Very comforting, giant black hole. Um, so that was probably the creepiest thing. Anything
0: er- could emerge from it.
1: Yeah. So I actually never, that house never bothered me too much. Um, my parents have more stories about that house. But the next house that we moved into, we had heard stories about it before we even moved into it. It was a house. It was actually only two houses down from that one. Um, and we were friends with the people who lived there who owned the house. And they had stories about uh, ghost activity. And it was a much older house. It had been there. It had been a farmhouse before there was town, even really around it. Um, and it had just been incorporated into the town. Um, but uh, the people who lived there, they had two little boys. And the mom had told us a story about um, her little boys uh, had had. Um, beds down on the main floor there's one bedroom on the main floor and she kept coming in in the morning to wake them up and their beds would be perfectly made over them Um, and if you know anything about little kids, you know, they kick, they mess their covers around just like, I mean, I do. Um, and the mom thought it was really strange. And so she asked the little boys like, well, are you making your bed? Like, why are you, why is your bed so nice? And they're like, oh, Mary comes in and makes the bed for us. Cool. (laughs) And she's like, whoa, what, uh, And the little boys were like, yeah, it's like an old woman. She comes in and tucks us in. Um, And so uh, they moved the boys out of that bedroom, which is actually when we moved into the house. That was my mom's bedroom. Um, And upstairs um, out of there. But, uh, yeah, we'd already heard things about the house before we moved into it. Um, But then we... It the house that we were living in was awful. It leaked. Uh it had carpets in the kitchen. Just gruesome house. Um and then Ooh, the
0: Wait. Carpets in the kitchen. Carpets
1: in the kitchen. Yeah.
0: That's the scariest thing that we've mentioned <laughs> so more, far.
1: That's more cursed uh <laughs> than haunted. But yeah. Um so we moved um two doors down. Um is actually very funny because I being a really forgetful kid um we'd just been like slowly moving our stuff like walking it over um and I just I hadn't paid attention or I'd forgotten that like one day my parents were moving all the furniture and like finishing the move and so I like left in the morning and like most of our stuff was in the the furniture was in the house um and then when I came back from school there was nothing in the house. I just walked in and like the couches were gone and all the stuff was gone.
0: Furniture raptured.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I just, uh, whatever, instead of like rationally being like, oh, we moved over to the next house. I should just go there. I was like, oh, they've abandoned me. I'm (laughs) on my own now. I I guess I just, I'll have to figure (laughs) out how to live in this house on my own.
0: That is literally like the... The the atheist (laughs) kid version of the rapture. Yeah, it's true. Of me coming home and uh, no one's at home. My mom's not at home. Nothing. And she probably just ran out to grab groceries and was hoping to get back before I got back from school and was just running late. (laughs) But in my mind, it's like, oh my goodness, Jesus came while I was walking back from school. I am left here alone with the heathens. Uh, to the abyss is going to open up. Uh, we're going to have the beast, the whore of Babylon.
1: Yeah, I didn't have that. I no, it was wasn't, just, it uh, wasn't as,
0: uh, as apocalyptic. I was just
1: a supremely <laughs> daydreamy forgetful kid and I forgot we were moving and I came home and all this stuff was gone and I was like, guess I'm just on my own now. And then my mom <laughs> Instead like, of,
0: I, I forget, I forgot that we moved. Yeah. I guess I just have to live in this empty house on yeah. my own now
1: yeah um and then uh my mom like came in to How get another get money box i don't know i <laughs> got that far and came in to like it, i was just standing in the living room she's like what are you doing here i was like oh you're <laughs> back where have you been she's like i'm like two doors down at our new house we're moving I was like, "Oh, right. Oh, I get it now." <laughs> she's just looking at me like I'm crazy. Like she's like, "Yeah, we live over there now. Just like grab a box and walk over."
0: <laughs> Why aren't you helping? Why aren't you helping?
1: <laughs> yeah. So so we moved into the and the so we moved into this this very haunted house. It was much bigger, which was the appeal for us. Um it um it it had been um it had been used as a split level. Um, like they'd had um, tenants upstairs. So there was like, like a functioning sort of en suite upstairs. There was a bathroom upstairs. Um, there was like this gigantic playroom um, upstairs. So it was, it was much bigger. Um, but it, the downside of this um, was that um the basement was like a stone and mortar foundation, like it was quite old, and cool. like a corner of it had disintegrated, and uh, the house was being held up by a two by six, Neat. propped under the house where the foundation had been. So if you like put a pencil on a table, it would roll off. Um, so this house was like just absolutely messed up. The floors were warped, uh, whatever. Anyways, and supremely haunted so quite quickly um we only spent a year there but i just remember living in terror on um, the entire time i would never go into my mom's bedroom which was the one that the little boys had seen the lady um it had a i would say malevolent energy um you felt as if you were being watched. Um, or at least I did. I felt like I was being watched, um, anytime I went in there, um, upstairs, my bedroom was kind of to the front of the house and the playroom was too. And it, it was okay there. But then further back where my brother's bedroom is, um, I don't know, he didn't seem to have any trouble with living there, but, um, he
0: thought it was, it had a benevolent energy. (laughs) I don't know, I
1: guess. Um, but there had
0: your brother Damien. No, (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: Um, but there had been your brother's very nice. Yeah, there had been a balcony at the back. Um, and uh, it like it didn't matter what time of year you went near that end of the house. It was always cold. There was a storage closet there. I remember the few times my mom made me go get something out of the storage closet um, were some of the most terrifying (laughs) moments of my life. I was like, please don't make me go in the closet. Please don't make me go in the closet.
0: Please don't make me get the pickled beans.
1: (laughs) And so I was just like, you're being stupid. Go get Go get with this thing that I told you to go get. uh so I go and I'd be like, ah. and so my my impression or my feeling as a kid, um, and I don't think I saw this so much as I like. The image came into my mind of like a really angry man standing at the end of the hallway, um, and so I would. Sometimes there was sort of like
0: That was just your stepdad.
1: <laughs> no. Different different man. Different man. Sorry. <laughs>
0: I'll stop <laughs> insulting your family.
1: <laughs> no, they stayed downstairs. Upstairs was where the kids were. Um I would like creep up the stairs and then like dart into my room as quickly as possible to try to avoid even looking at the end of the hallway. <laughs> um I, I had, definitely
0: get that, yeah. We I also thought the wicked witch of the west lived in my toilet. So
1: Okay, that's a different (laughs) (laughs) conversation. That's a different conversation. But yeah, so anyways, that uh, didn't feel good about that end of the house. Um, And then um, there was one night um, my friend and I, uh, my parents were out um, and uh, we were baking a cake. And the kitchen was at the back of the house, kind of like a galley sort of kitchen at the back of the house. Um, and then perpendicular was um, the porch. And then there's a deck outside. And we were in the back, we were making like a from the box sort of cake recipe. And um, we heard a bunch of voices. And we thought, oh, my parents are home, their friends are home. And I peeked into the porch and there's nobody there, but we could still hear a bunch of voices um and so we screamed and then went to the couch and didn't move until my parents got home um but yeah like that was um we yeah we only lived there i i think like a year maybe a year and a half um the basement was scary uh there was still like a coal room with a coal chute um in it um you could like if you wanted to crawl underneath the house, like there was just dead space that was open because it wasn't like a, the the foundations were, it was almost like just part, like it was a partial basement that was like a hole in the ground that they'd kind of put some rocks around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it, it was just very creepy. Um, none of the animals liked living there. So I actually got- Um, And they especially didn't like going upstairs where my bedroom was. Um, My cat, the really old one that you would have met, I got her as a kitten when we were living there and she would not go upstairs. Uh, If you tried to carry, she'd just scratch you to ribbons um she's kind of stayed- like if
0: uh like gene always avoiding margaret's chair
1: <laughs> yeah a little bit <laughs> um anyways so yeah and then um we moved out of the house um we were evicted because, uh, my parents, friends, <laughs> I'm using air quotes here, um, wanted to live in it again and evicted us in December. Um, and then we moved into the house that we live in now, which, uh, seems to be pretty ghost free. Uh, the one lady, she, who owned it, she'd built it and was still alive when we moved into it. So, um, pretty ghost free, uh, as far as those things go. And that house, um, it stayed standing for a while. Um, I think later on, somebody else owned it and went back to renting up the upstairs. And so I do know some people in high school that lived there and they, without knowing anything about anything I'd said, um, also had their own stories about creepy things happening um, up Neat. there. And, uh, but that house was eventually demolished because obviously it was quite structurally unsound. Um, so it doesn't exist anymore. Neither does the house on the corner. Actually, no house that we rented, uh, because they were all so crappy, um, (laughs) exists anymore, uh, in my hometown. They've all been demolished. Um, but yeah, so ghosts, I was obsessed with ghosts as a kid, but like also scared of them. I had this, um, this, uh, series called the Castle Ghosts of England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales that we like recorded onto VHS and I would watch that and, you know, scare myself, but I loved it. Um, I actually have it on DVD now just for nostalgic reasons. Um, but uh yeah, I don't know. I I guess the last time I really felt like um like the creepy ghost feeling was when I worked in a museum in Brandon. Um
0: before you move on to that, yeah. I've also lived in a creepy house for oh, a short period of time. Right. I'll quickly just run through it. Um, we were, it was, I was 19 years old. I was living there with a bunch of other guys. The right house, yeah. Yeah. Um, out of town, south of Niverville. And, uh, it was like a century old house owned by, um, like the children of the people who, who built it. Like old, uh, old stock Nivervillians, like from like the original English settlers, um, before us before us Menos even, like, arrived on the scene. Um, and going back to to aliens, Niverville has a thing called the uh, Mennonite Landing Site, <laughs> which is not <laughs> alien-related, but sounds like it. But anyway, um, this house is not too far from the, from that. And uh, we, had, we had heard that it was creepy when we moved in, um, so that was kind of going around. And then um, some creepy things happened in it, and uh, I'm sure there's lots of, like, guys playing jokes on each other or maybe just just me because i was extremely gullible or or i don't know but uh creaky creaky noises at night um one time someone said that they saw uh like a shadow pass by their doorway at night when at a time when anyone everyone was asleep um but, uh, knowing that person, he could have just been messing with me. <laughs> um, but like another time, and then another time, uh, we were away. We all, um, were away for a week, everyone that lived in the house. And then we got one of our, f- we were going to the Cornerstone music festival down in Illinois, the Christian music, big Christian music festival down there. It was a big, we went a couple of years. It was a big deal for us. And, uh, our friend who was watching the house at the, at the time, um, Brought their mom and their sister there once, um, and they said uh, he was going to do a joke on them because they believed in ghosts and they would have been creeped out about it. So his big joke was uh, he's going to go into the house before they arrive, open up all like the drawers and cabinets so that it's all open when they get in, and then let his mom and sister go in first to be shocked except they went in all the drawers and cabinets are closed and uh they're like he's like was there anything weird when you about it when you came in and anything that you noticed that was out of place and they're like no everything it was like this when we got in Uh. (laughs) so they could have been messing with him too i don't know but there was another one that happened to me specifically, where I was in the house alone. I was playing, uh, playing a guitar in the living room, and I was trying to learn a song or, or something. And I had finished playing the song, and then afterwards, I heard five distinct slow claps coming from the kitchen, the next room, um, like a slow, like a slow clap applause for the song that i just performed and uh of course i knew i was alone and i went and checked (laughs) nobody was there i went around the house to see if there was like a guy in one of my roommates in the bushes playing a trick on me or something nobody nobody was there it was a a rhythmic distinct clapping it wasn't a house creaking or anything like that so Hmm. yeah and then I spent a bit of time afterwards. I was like the um living there on my own. Um I was sort of like the last remaining roommate for for like a couple of weeks or a month, and that was just terrifying. I can't say that anything like specifically ghostly happened during that time. But just like I had psych- had gotten myself in, in, into such a lather um over the past year <laughs> that like an old creaky house alone in the country at night is uh sometimes just it's enough
1: yeah i uh, well yeah the last two times i guess as an adult um i worked in an old museum in brandon that had been a children's aid society shelter um was
0: it was that the one that was an an orphanage
1: yeah yeah yeah. like it was a, a child shelter that my stepdad had actually lived at um when his family were taken. And um, it, was, uh, it was fine during the day when everyone was there, but there was a few times when I would be the only one left and I'd have to lock up and leave. And the way that you had to lock up this museum was weird. Um, you couldn't lock the front door from the outside. You had to, like, lock the front door from the inside And then you had to go upstairs and go out a fire escape, which would close and lock behind you. Hmm. And that was very creepy. And there's actually one night where um, we'd had like, I did tours and I had like these two people, they'd come in for a tour right at the end. And I was like, Oh, I'll stay and I'll give them, I'll finish the tour and then we'll close up. And I was like, okay. Um, With the people, I was like, uh, yeah, I just have to, like, do this thing closing. And they're like, oh, well, we'll come with you. And so these people that I'd given a tour to, I, like, closed all the lights, locked the door, and then we went upstairs and out the fire escape. And, like, after we all got out the fire escape, we all looked at each other and we're like, scary, and we (laughs) don't know why. Like, as soon as you turned out, like, as soon as it was, like, the end of the day and business was over in that building, it was just sort of, like... Your time was done. You needed to get out.
0: It's the ghost time now. It's
1: the ghost time now. Um, You had an
0: agreement with the
1: ghosts. (laughs) And then I I did work at a a local antique um, and architectural salvage store um, here that um, I didn't experience anything too creepy. Um, there was a certain corner of the basement that had some not great vibes. I guess I'd say, but a I lot did, of
0: basements seem to have that.
1: Yeah, um, I would say though that um, anytime customers would come and ask me, they're like, um, they would say, like, you know, I was in, and it was always a specific corner of the basement. So I, I had a couple of customers over the years. Um, tell me that they had felt like uneasy or something in a specific corner of the basement. Um so that as an adult this house does not have any bad vibes. Um thank you. <laughs> our our house is our, our house is built in 1930 and um pretty good vibes.
0: Yeah, well it was bl- lived in mostly by the woman who um who built it, yeah. Or who had it built, yeah. The first owner, um, maybe she died in it, I don't know, but it really hasn't uh, gone through enough uh, iterations. of People haven't, uh, it hasn't been around long enough to acquire,
1: I guess not, yeah, the
0: ghosts yet,
1: yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that I'd say that's I, um, I always like a good, uh, also like a good ghost documentary. I'm not like super into like the ghost hunter um sort of shows like the reality shows it's more of like i like especially like documentaries about like historical or like retellings or things like that um i did watch a little bit of like the ghost hunter documentaries as a kid but um yeah i think more so now ghosts are just kind of something that's like in the back of my head of like i don't know that they're not real
0: yeah, all I know is <laughs> I think like the real the real stories are the most interesting to me. Like I like hearing someone tell me something about something that creeps them out and they can't explain it. I don't care whether ghosts are real or not. Like, yeah. it's a good story. And I like having a couple of them myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Too. So. Yeah, I'm not I'm perfectly content with ghosts being real or not real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who cares? Ghostly stuff happens to people in the gardens. What is it?
2: You have gold.
0: um yeah ghosts we had ghosts in common um did you want to talk about the
1: next one i feel like we do not have in common i think maybe that's a you thing
0: well i think you wanted to do yours is more fun i think (laughs) let's let's do yours instead
1: i guess so and my my last one is um I grew up in um uh, like my stepdad and the family I grew up in I've been in the family since I was like 4 um and um it was is the Sasquatch. And yes. so for my family Sasquatch is real. Like that's yes. that's it's not a it's not really a question. Um and uh so that was always Um, you know, if you go walking in the woods, um, and there were a couple of summers that I spent, I had an aunt that lived out on Cowess's first nation in Saskatchewan, um, in the Valley. Uh, and we go walking in the Valley and, um, of course the adults to have a bit of fun and just to pass on some stories would tell you stories about seeing the Sasquatch, um, in the Valley. So, uh, always very real to me, the idea that there were um, creatures, uh, these mythical um, sort of creatures out there. And of course, my stepdad um, used to uh, be a, he'd work in mining and diamond drilling um, and did a lot of work in the north. Um, So in the boreal forest in northern BC, Alberta, even further north, up in Flim Flon, um, where you find lots of stories um, about about Sasquatch, because you've got more of the forested areas. You have Indigenous groups um, wherever they were staying in camps. Um, you know, he would always make friends with the people who were there. Um, And his own mom uh, was Cree and had similar stories um, about Sasquatch. So he'd always hear the local stories about seeing Sasquatch and and all of these things. Um, And so (laughs) I... Um, my brother was also um obsessed with Harry and the Hendersons <laughs> as a kid. and uh, which my stepdad <laughs> thought was hilarious um, and bought him this like, uh, like two foot tall, Harry toy <laughs> the hairy uh sasquatch from harry and the hendersons the bigfoot
0: did, did your stepdad did he like endorse the, the hair oh the yeah hendersons, yeah like...
1: absolutely yeah so that was uh that was like my brother's like favorite toy he took it everywhere as a kid was his like giant harry from harry and the hendersons uh <laughs> bigfoot uh toy <laughs> everywhere uh, that's pretty cool yeah so that was um <laughs> That's a shorter a shorter story, but uh, I, I like a good uh, I like a good cryptoid uh, Bigfoot, and of course in Canada and and across North America, um, for a lot of indigenous groups, um, Sasquatch are um, part of their belief system. They're they're one of the sort of seven mm-hmm. sacred teachings. They symbolize a lot of things, um, and so uh yeah similar to believing that if you whistle the northern lights will come down um just sort of things that i i grew up taking for granted as a kid um i guess similar to uh what you grew up believing uh just <laughs> a very different different context
0: it seems a little bit more more wholesome i think we had a less... little more fun
1: with it um although yeah
0: and i wish i you know if there's something about like conservative evangelical christianity like man could have you at least made it a little bit more fun? <laughs> Could you have made the rapture and demons more fun, please? Come I mean, on. yeah,
1: like the Catholics Why make, make you have demons kind of fun.
0: I mean, like the indigenous um cultural stuff that I've been exposed to seems it's always it's connected to to uh real uh real forces, whether it's like it's a way of connecting you in your in your place and in your time and your in your circumstances like sasquatch is a sacred being mm-hmm. as far as i'm as far as I'm remembering i mean like I've participated in sweat lodges i've t- um had elders talk to me about encountering sasquatch in various mm-hmm. ways and like all completely matter of fact yeah um as you know there's no difference between having um some sort of like ecstatic religious experience versus it happening to you in real life um the meaning is the same yeah so like so why why not talk about it as if it's real because it is real in a in a real way enough saying real
2: i remember what you told me when you came into my shop bigfoot can come live with us we'll accept the responsibility (laughs) can't you imagine what a bigfoot would do to your home (laughs) yeah well i can
0: (laughs) am i missing something i have no problem saying that a lot of the um, evangelical stuff that I grew up with fits into magical thinking and and conspiracy theories and and all that stuff. It's just the the type of box where where I hold it now in my brain, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like demons were a big one. As soon as I when I uh, encountered the idea of demons, was I I think listening to the radio um, as a kid. They had um, a radio evangelist guy um, named Bob Larson, who was like a, um, an exorcism type guy, a spiritual warfare type radio guy where he could, you know, like exercise demons over the radio. You could call into him. It was like a call in show. And the show was on at like 10 at night or something. And I had a radio in my bed oh as my a God. kid. So just terrifying myself, scaring myself. Spare, scaring the bejesus out of myself <laughs> as a kid, and I wonder why I have anxiety now. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, listening to this guy doing, like, over the radio exorcisms where people are, like, scre- doing, like, full out the exorcist screams and demon voices and all that stuff. Just big, it was probably all a production. Like, these calls were probably all scripted or planned. It was all a grift, of course, because then he asked for money to continue his ministry or whatnot. Yeah. He was also one of those, like, you know, rock is bad, evil kind of stuff. And, uh, again, referencing Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne is going to make your kid suicidal or whatever. Yeah. And all that stuff. Kind of like the, like, it's very much of, like, the 80s uh, conservative um, moral panics. Yeah. Kind of stuff. And that's what it was. Although I didn't know it at the time, um, part of like, yeah, Dungeons and dragons is bad, and things like that. um I remember also like he came this Bob Larson guy came to Winnipeg once he was going to be at the u of m I remember reading it reading about it in the paper, and I really wanted to go. <laughs> I remember talking to my family at the dinner table being like, "Oh, Bob Larson's coming to coming to Winnipeg. this is God. really good can do you think do you think I can go?" <laughs> Do you, want to, do you want to drive me there? <laughs> and I think my parents just, like, wisely just, like, let me ramble and then probably, like...
1: Oh, this kid that's scared of everything? Yeah, let's take him to the demon guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See how that goes. <laughs> yeah. We'll never get him out of our bedroom.
0: Wisely did not take me to see the uh, live exorcism guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty nice. But then, like, after that, like like, spiritual warfare as they call it was like a real thing that was like sort of bubbling under the surface hear stories of like local pastors doing exorcisms in in uh, community members homes or who uh, lived close to providence seminary in college and hearing stories about they playing like exorcism tapes in for seminary <laughs> students and um, even being like Um, and some of the church groups that I was in, um, most notably one, uh, at the Southland church in Steinbeck that I went to for a while, um, like spiritual warfare was something like demons and Satan are real. Like they're not only like among us.
1: Yeah.
0: It's (laughs) the real, the real Southern stuff. Uh, like, but they can live inside your body. And if you don't have things on lockdown if you're not tight enough with jesus like uh or, uh the the holy spirit, spirit can't protect you and demons can get into in your body and into your psyche body, and, and do stuff Satan with you it's the, the reason house. why you have so much anger or why you're depressed <laughs> all the time <laughs> i have so much well, just an observer all these bad of things these things i just really
1: can't get inside this mindset myself yeah. i didn't grow up in it
0: so if you pray like very very like fervently Yes, and preacher, that and know these are things that God i've participated in is, is like in jesus please cleanse me you're encanting like a magical uh, a, a magic spell to end. invoke like the protection of the supernatural but, being to protect you from be, these lesser Satan malevolent supernatural beings, beings that are the cause of your uh, emotional and psychological distress
2: of everlasting punishment Satan is real, working in spirit, you can see him and hear him in this world.
1: I will say, though, like, um, I do have, like, my stepdad's family is very Catholic. Yes. Um, And, of course, I had my, you know, you'd go to your great aunt's or whatever, whoever's house, and there would be, uh, notably my one, uh, my tante Annie, uh, great auntie, the matriarch of the family, a... A uh, Jesus on every single available surface, Jesus like salt and pepper shakers, uh, right, yeah. um pillows, candles, it just the whole nine yards. Um and even if you go to my parents' house, uh, they've got they've got a big old crucifix up on the wall. Um, my stepdad has a glow in the dark Virgin Mary that I found for him at the thrift store that is in a pride <laughs> pride of place that's up awesome. on the wall.
0: It like from an evangelical Mennonite perspective, you, I was always told that that's idolatry. That's worship, worshiping idols. If you have um, images of, like, you could have a cross, but you couldn't have a crucifix with the Jesus on it because that's an idol.
1: Oh yeah, no, we reason. got we've got all the idols, and uh. you can't
0: have uh, the Virgin Mary, and you certainly can't pray to Mary that's idolatry because Mary isn't God. Only Jesus is God. Yeah. Also God is God and the Holy Spirit is God. But like, those are your three. Yeah. (laughs) That you get, you get the three gods, you get the Trinity, you don't get anybody else. Certainly not the Virgin Mary.
1: I, I just, I guess I just, um, and I, I was in an interesting situation where I wasn't brought up in any church in any way, but surrounded by, uh, like Catholicism and, and just, absorbed a lot of knowledge about it um but not through practice so growing up i heard a lot about what the good lord may or may not think about what i was up to uh but it wasn't real to me um in that way because i i just i wasn't um yeah, I wasn't I wasn't raised with that at all. So I had a couple of friends, or uh, a babysitter, and a friend in high school. Um, so I had some attempts of people trying to take me to conversion sort of <laughs> ceremonies. And when I was younger, a baby- you resisted. Well, yeah, I think
0: I did like three like altar calls as a kid. Yeah, was like so, how many of these do I have to do? for Yeah, goodness sakes? I had a
1: babysitter took both of us, and it was um somebody coming through town had set up in this abandoned storefront, some like fold out chairs and whatever, very ramshackle and did some sort of sermon or whatever. It was all very boring to me as a child. And, um, my mom being a single mom at the time, uh just didn't say no to us being out of the house for a couple of hours so she's like fine whatever
0: free time for mom
1: yeah go with the babysitter she's like but don't let them like talk you into anything (laughs) and so at the end of it um of course we were singled out as as the unconverted and I distinctly remember, yeah, being asked, like, you're ready to accept Jesus into your heart? And I was like, well, no, thank you.
0: My mom said no. No. <laughs> I, said I, well, I,
1: I was like, no, thank you. And they're like, what? <laughs> Why not? I was like, well, my mom said not to. <laughs> um, I really don't think I should. I'll think about it. Thank you. Um,
0: That's probably as nice as you could as you could put it. Yeah, I was like,
1: yeah, I was just very firmly like not for me, thanks. I'm yeah. just uh just here to 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 be entertained. You didn't really succeed in that. But um and no. s- there was that um and then I had a friend in high school. Um she was from a different town because it was she was from a smaller town where their school didn't go up to high school and so they'd started coming in like grade 10. And so I just met her that year, and she's like, "Hey, do you want to go to a concert?" And I was like, "Sure, that sounds fun." Um, and of course, it was in another town, just over the border of Manitoba. And I just didn't realize <laughs> who she was or where she- where we were going. And we go to this church, and it's um, it's a praise and worship concert. Cool. And I <laughs> never encountered this. Phenomenon in person at all. I don't even know that I'd like heard about it or anything. But we go in and the band starts playing, and I'm like, this kind of sucks. But then people start like,
0: bad thing. Like the the music is just not.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, this is not really my thing. Uh, But whatever, I'll be polite. And then um, all these people, and it was like weird. It's a mix of like young people and old people. That's strange. Uh, Why are these old people here? Um, and then people are crying, and they're like yes. holding up their hands, and I've never seen this before. Oh no,
0: you got roped into a charismatic praise and worship service. I did. Oh, yes, no, absolutely.
1: And I was I had like, a couple what? of those. Let me tell you, what is happening? And I'm looking at my friend, and I was like, "What you, did you do? What did you do?" <laughs> and like. We are 45 minutes from home. I did not. I came in somebody else's vehicle. I (laughs) I can't escape. I have to stay there. So I just kind of sat in the back with my arms crossed being like, I can't believe you tricked me into this. Right, and then of course she's very. She's like, "Did you like it?" I was like, "No." no. I was like, "Don't ever invite me to one of those again." I kept being her friend. She was she was quite nice otherwise, but uh, I was like, "That's I I don't want that." Yeah, Well, <laughs> we had a
0: charismatic thing. church where I grew up too, and over over time, some of those people like migrated over to the Springs Church right here in Winnipeg. So like, I've had some. I've had some experience with that. Yeah. And I remember one specific time me and some friends went to um, a, th- a prophecy service in the evening Um, where they had, they brought up a, a prophet in. Oh, yeah. From out of town. Like you do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just go down to the local charismatic church. On the and prophet tour. He's on the prophet. The prophet. He really circle. is
1: on the prophet tour.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. He was. And we were there. And we're sitting in the back. We were not into that. We just <laughs> needed something to do for that, that <laughs> evening because I think, like, we we had sort of, like, burned out our tour of, like, all the youth groups that that we could go to. Um, so we're like, well, this is some, like, Friday night entertainment mm-hmm. for us. And we went and we sat in the back row. And while this guy was spouting complete, like, nonsense about, like – the coming like golden ages and the I don't know, the tribulations and uh, the like the trumpets and scrolls and angels, all the revelation stuff that
1: actually sounds very familiar to the abandoned storefront thing that I went to. Yeah, probably same vibe,
0: probably. And I like all that stuff, I like the book of <laughs> Revelation, like, yeah, well, it's, it's my favorite book, book it's of a good the Bible. Time. Yeah, um, if you haven't read the Bible, Genesis and Revelation. The Alpha and the Omega, the bookends of the Bible, must-reads. Those are the best. There's some good stuff in the middle, too. But, like, Revelation, for instance, when I was a kid, couldn't beat it. The best sci-fi ever. (laughs) Um, And so, like, getting pretty entertained. And then throughout that, like, uh, I remember, like, we started, like, getting kind of, like, bored after a while. And then we started, like, heckling him from the back row, which I mean, we were teenagers. It wasn't, you know, we weren't being the most, we weren't being as uh as uh, diplomatic as you were
1: <laughs> in, your, in your
0: circumstance. I certainly, if
1: I'd had somebody with me to also heckle, I think I would have heckled. I was heckling in my yeah. head. I mean, like, cause, why are you crying? Are you crying because the music is so bad? What is your problem?
0: Yeah, and we're just doing stuff like, because we had read the Bible too. We knew what was, what was in there. And we were calling out, like, nope, that's not in there. <laughs> you're making stuff up. Like, you're freestyling. <laughs> Don't listen to him. <laughs> and he was <laughs> progressively getting more and more annoyed at us because it wasn't, we're not supposed to do this. Yeah. Uh, he was making comments. I remember one comment he made was like, the, uh, the back. The back row was reserved for the angels. So if you want to participate in the service, you can go up to the front, come up to the front or whatever. <laughs> I think we stayed in the back, but at the end, it, uh, it ended with one of the, uh, the laying on of hands things where you go up to the front. Well, you're whooped into like an ecstatic, uh, emotional frenzy. Then you go up to the front and then the, uh, the prophet. uh, does the um speaking in tongues thing? Yeah, you're all speaking in tongues, or you're all supposed to be if you're going along with the the program. That's what you got to do. Almost like regret not kind of getting into that. <laughs> um, just in hindsight for the experience, but yeah, you go up to the front, put, he puts his hand on on your forehead and shoulders or whatever, and you fall backwards. You're slain in the spirit, and then that's what it's called. You're being slain in the spirit. I didn't, I I don't know really what it means or what it's for, what the whole practical, what you get from that. Yeah. I don't know. I guess he shoots the Holy Spirit into you and you're like, Ah. Oh, Holy Spirit. So much. Then you faint (laughs) too much. And then you come, you come to, and then his handlers like talk to you and guide you through your experience. And, they have, like, a little personal prophecy thing for you. So, at the end, like, me and my... Fr- of course, like, me and r- my friends are like, we- we're going to do this. We're going to we're going to get... We're going to get slain in the spirit here. <laughs> Let's see what this is all about. We get up there. Puts hands on us. Speaking in tongues. <laughs> like, forcefully, like, pushes us backwards. It's like, you don't have to fall down. <laughs> obviously. Uh, it's a completely voluntary thing um unless you're whipped up into that ecstasy anyway but you know so we didn't we didn't fall down it was just like normal go over to the side get a little prophecy and we're three three of us and i like the prophecy that we were given where uh we were the prophecy we're given was if you remember i think it's in the book of daniel Uh, If I
1: remember. You
0: don't remember. (laughs) Okay, but for all the Bible heads, uh, the Bible kids in the audience, we were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, I know
1: (laughs) that from the Johnny Cash song.
0: Yes. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were three dudes who um, were cast into a fiery furnace. Right. Because they did not worship the golden idol that the emperor had made uh. that the king had made of himself that everyone in the country was supposed to worship so these three dudes were like nope not for us not worshiping the king thank you very much uh we like god instead they're like well you like god you don't like the king well you get uh, you get to burn the furnace is <laughs> the furnace you go throw them into the furnace guess what they don't get burnt
1: oh right yeah that's God's how the johnny them. cash song goes i yeah. i know that you know how purely through the johnny cash uh rendition anyway. of that song
0: yeah they turn up the furnace an additional two more times rule of three <laughs> right and oh my goodness they didn't get burnt god is protecting them therefore god is rule is god is real
1: god is real yeah
0: the king is then starts believing in god right instead of himself i think they i don't know what they do with the idol i'm sure maybe they melt it down again and turn it into uh i don't know goes back into the treasury or <laughs> i'm sure they don't distribute it among the people no um but yeah that's shadrach Meshach, and abednego prophetic words to me
1: ah i see
0: now you know who you're dealing
2: with
1: ah i guess so
2: They wouldn't bend, they They wouldn't bow, they wouldn't wouldn't burn, fourth man in the fire, they wouldn't bend, they They wouldn't bow. bow, they wouldn't burn. Now the prophet Daniel tells about three men who walked with God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, before the wicked king they stood. And the king commanded them bound and thrown into the fiery furnace that day. But the fire was so hot that the men were slain that forced them on their way. They wouldn't bend. They wouldn't bow. They wouldn't burn. Fourth man in the fire, they wouldn't bend. They wouldn't bow. They wouldn't burn. When the three were cast in and the king rose up to witness this awful fate He began to tremble at what he saw, in astonished tones he spake Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? Well, lo, I see four men unhurt, unbound, and walking down there There's Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and the fiery coals they trod But the form of the fourth man that I see is like the Son of God They wouldn't bend yet they wouldn't bow they wouldn't, the the they would they wouldn't burn fourth man in the fire they wouldn't bend they wouldn't bow they wouldn't burn
1: um they yeah bow. no i i'm very much uh um i definitely remember like seeing you know you'd flip through the channels and you'd see the televangelists yes. and of course my mom would uh be contemptuous of of that. um So I grew up with a healthy dose of. Did yeah. you?
0: Did you ever watch Jack Van impey No, we got him. He was on the American Channel. We got one American Channel on our Peasant, peasant Vision that came up.
1: It's I wouldn't remember any of their names, really. I just would remember like flipping through and seeing somebody like yelling.
0: He's the classic crazed yelling. He had crazy eyes, and a big-haired blonde wife sitting beside him. Right.
1: Full righteous all gemstones.
0: Full, extremely righteous gem- gemstones. Look them up on the internet. They even recorded an album back in the 50s. They met at a Youth for Christ rally, um, something that a lot of us are familiar with. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> That's for another story. That's for another time, another episode. Um, but they were great. It was all end-time stuff. And it's actually where I've got... I was first exposed to the idea of like um, like the children of Israel need to return to Israel oh, to usher yeah. in, to build the third temple and usher in a millennial age or to signal the rapture or something like that. Like the classic evangelical um, Zionist, Zionist support for Zionism. Yeah. That's where I first encountered that as a kid, Jack Van Impey. And it's all end times prophecy, hmm. all book of revelation stuff. So, like, I loved it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really just got the, uh, you know, whenever there was a funeral, you'd go and there'd be a wake and you'd have to sit through mass. Uh, and sometimes, depending on the uh, age and traditionalism of your relatives, sometimes you sat through mass in English and then mass in French. Uh-huh. Uh, so some I distinctly remember there was one relative. I can't remember which one, but double mass At least you didn't have to sit through mass, mass
0: in, in Low German.
1: No, it's true. <laughs> double mass, um Hail Mary's in both languages, all that stuff. So um yeah, I certainly definitely have relatives who believe that exorcism is effective and real probably yes. probably the majority of them actually and
0: when i was into like exorcism stuff too but not like i want a catholic exorcism it seemed if i could go back it seems I would more ch-
1: matter of fact um my well, like it's more
0: pageantry i had a
1: roommate oh, so when i first moved to winnipeg i, I had a roommate um and they matter of factly explained to me that they'd had an exorcism performed on the house.
0: Yes, I've had people who've had the same um, but The yeah. evangelical version.
1: But this was, yeah, this was more, um, actually it wasn't Catholic, it was Anglican.
0: Ah. Um, that's new. I believe I, suppose I don't suppose Anglicans know. would have that too. Well,
1: I'm not sure. The the person was attending an Anglican church, but I'm not sure. I feel like they were somebody who would have just found whoever was willing to perform an exorcism on their house. Hey you. Because they thought <laughs> it should be done. Um composted on
0: Kijiji And just like that she exorcist.
1: she really put it forward as a selling feature Ooh, for moving into the house.
0: That it had been cleansed.
1: Yes. Don't worry about it. I've had an exorcism. Uh, it's all good now, right? Um, and uh, you know, I saw the exorcist as a kid and, and all these things, but yeah, for me, it was just never, um, never real, I guess. So it's always very interesting to me. Uh, well, of course, obviously, I've been in a relationship with you for almost 10 years, but uh, mm-hmm. other people who grew up believing these things are real, and it's it's so. Um, I guess strange for me to think about like I can't put myself in that mindset. Um, I can. <laughs> um but uh yeah, just very, very interesting. Um I'm yeah. I'm more the other I guess the other way. Um well, I, I guess the like
0: You're almost like just material, just drive material. Not really. Because I'm
1: I'm like my family's also very much like ghosts are real, aliens are real. You uh, don't know what's out there. So the supernatural was always very much like real. Um in my house. Uh so they like my mom is not like a, you know, Hitchens like new atheist atheist. She's basically just um the OG didn't,
0: atheist didn't
1: really grow just, up with religion herself um just could sort of take it or leave it um yeah. kind of person uh and just sort of absorbing uh whatever was around
0: the the best way to be an atheist <laughs> yeah opinion.
1: very low key uh um i think my mom's it's like a classic line i feel like it comes out of like the 70s like uh, that idea like God can't be real because all these bad things happen. Um, But like totally believes in like ghosts and, <laughs> and stuff like that. So yeah, real mixed messages going on there.
0: Well, you don't, you don't need to believe in the Christian God in order for there to be ghosts and yeah, aliens and, I guess and all this stuff. Also Every found, culture has, um, has that.
1: My approach to like, I guess you've come from the inside out and I've, just sort of come from the outside looking in. um and you know I take I took religion classes in university. i read about different traditions and things like that. um and you know, I have my own sort of worldview that is not, I wouldn't call atheistic um in hmm. in any way. Um, but i I never really um existed within a strict belief structure. Um so it's all very like for me it's yeah. it's very fluid in that I I'm um looking to take what seems true uh in in all of the different things that I encounter I guess.
0: Some would then accuse you of being a syncretist.
1: Whatever that means, I don't know, it's probably accurate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it means as far as I know, it means when you take two things and mash them up and it- then you make your own thing out of it.
1: Well, I'm very dialectical. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, like maybe some would call that, I don't know. It's not like appropriation. Either. Uh,
1: no, it's more, um, I don't even, I, I don't know. Like the world is it.
0: full of ideas like, and they're yeah. fun to know about yeah. and to think about.
1: I think it's just, uh, um, I'm more of so like open to, there's so many different ways that humans think about things, so many unique perspectives and ways to frame things. I'm just interested in learning about the different ways that different people in different cultures have um, reacted to the forces around them and attempted to frame them in a a um, way that helped them understand sort of cause and effect and the world around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily i or I guess I have my own belief structure, but I wouldn't it wouldn't it isn't really anchored to anything,
0: yeah, I think that's probably similar to me too. I mean, I feel very fluid in in my like religious beliefs or lack thereof I mean, I kinda just like if I'm hanging around someone, I kind of just like wait for them to like give me a label and then like go with it like to like a really a very like a very religious Christian person I'm very much an apostate but to an atheist I'm probably they probably see me as a Christian um, yeah. and because like that's that's the conditioning I have that's the those are the reference points that I grew up with it's still very Christian um I've done like I've been very curious about low about world religions and um cultural cultural and ritual practices and all that stuff and but i i haven't gone so far as like to start identifying with other with other religions or cultures yeah. it's just only sort of like well the evangelical christianity i grew up with um i'm it's clearly doesn't explain It doesn't interpret the reality that I live in now as a mature adult uh, person.
1: Yeah, the closest I really get is that I, and since childhood, have had, um, I'm very, um, I feel very tuned into like reading the tea leaves of the universe and like taking things as signs or. You mean you're into astrology? No. I don't know anything about astrology. (laughs) I don't, I literally, I know my sign. I don't know what that means or anything like that, but like, I'm very much, um, uh, I guess like, yeah, just like, um, feeling like there are signs and, and portents and patterns, um, to, the universe this that is new
0: for me i don't think i've heard you talk about not this before. privy to
1: you. i maybe we kind of had because i feel like on some like actually on desert oracle and maybe on the trailbillies they've talked a little bit about like signs and and um like you know how the um like the meteor that appeared oh um, Oumuamua. well Oumuamua, and then also the um the comet um, that appeared before the oh, pandemic right. and things like that, but like in just sort of um like a day to day thing like um I guess uh before my dad passed away um for months before I learned that he passed away i I, I didn't know he was sick, we were estranged for years, I had no idea um for, in the months leading up to when I found out that he died, I had um suddenly become I'd had this nagging feeling for months that he was just going to appear Um, right? that he might just like appear in Winnipeg or appear on my doorstep or um, I was just thinking about him a lot and um, when I found out he died um, the person who told me said yeah four months before he'd found out that he had uh, inoperable liver cancer. Hmm. And that was around the time that I had started thinking about him. And when I got the message that he died, I remember not feeling surprised. Right. Um, and feeling like it was a wave that had been coming that I had been hearing in the distance or something. Yeah.
0: A wave coming, like building up to the crest.
1: Yeah, um, so just that kind of thing or like the, yeah, the rule, I definitely do believe in the rule of three. Um, It's fun. I also believe very much in that, that balance thing of like the good things and the bad things. Um, And yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm always sort of like in some way, uh, yeah, trying to read, read the tea leaves around me um, a little bit. If
0: there's anything that like I do like I still do like have religious practice, yeah, uh, I have like I have a little table set up in the in the basement, yeah, a little altar in fact, with um all the different like religious it's paraphernalia very, ecumen-
1: <laughs> very ecumenical
0: that have come that I've accumulated <laughs> over time that was
1: uh oh our the first um my first anniversary gift to you. Uh, because when we started dating, John is not somebody who is easy to gift, buy gifts for or read. Um, and for our first anniversary, I was like, well, what does John like? Well, at the time, I think you were reading a lot of Thomas Merton and Simone Veil and all of these things. I was like, well, you know, John likes religion. <laughs> uh, and I was working at the antique store and my boss walked in with this like baptismal font former baptismal font with john the baptist on it and i was like perfect that's <laughs> yeah. what i will get john this for our what, first anniversary this is gift. what my
0: boyfriend needs
1: <laughs> i just couldn't think of anything a, and i was like
0: a plaster baptismal font <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was like i asked my boss i was like can i buy that and he was like looks at me he's like what? why i was like it's for my boyfriend for our first anniversary <laughs> and he's like uh i guess so that the, yeah that was the start
0: of my altar yeah. <laughs> so downstairs because it was like oh jill bought me this big plastered uh john the baptist and jesus I like, statue I, I, need to, I need to put this somewhere now uh, i guess I guess I have an altar now.
1: <laughs> you gave me like a necklace and I gave you a gigantic statue of John the Baptist. <laughs> to
0: be fair though, like it has gotten use. Yeah, like, you
1: do use it. <laughs> I do go
0: down there and like I, I sit quietly in front of it. Like I have meditation exercises. I just, yeah. I like sitting quietly <laughs> yeah. um, or like lighting uh lighting some incense or like sage or something and yeah. <laughs> talk about like syncretistic or appropriation like yeah. i am the king of of religious appropriation yeah in a way and i don't mean it uh insultingly or anything it's just things that have come to me in, in um in various in my various like travels in life yeah f- through people that i've met and had relationships with yeah and who've helped me uh in a way
1: but yeah that was definitely my my <laughs> first year of dating understanding of like what will john like <laughs> uh was okay baptismal font uh yeah, yeah i and I, I i just remember because i i couldn't think of anything and i was just growing increasingly like what am i gonna get what am i gonna get and i just you know i didn't have a lot of money either and i was like what am i gonna get um and uh it just walked into the store and i was like there we go it's there it is yep (laughs) Bing. (laughs) yeah perfect um it came to you yeah but yeah so i i guess this is uh we've both kind of um i feel like our paths have converged over the years um of our sort of we we share books and have read books together yeah. and and explored ideas together um so that's just kind of become part of our relationship is um is is uh you know Going to road tripping to New Orleans and going to church services in, in New Orleans or mm-hmm. um, buying books and uh, reading them out loud on, on road trips or sharing them with each other or things like that or podcasts and stuff. So it's just sort of these. Um, yeah, it's been a way that we've kind of um, found things to share um, and grown sort of together in, in how we see the world
0: yeah absolutely and in a way that I think it feels very it's very grounded i mean we all live very um we very embodied lives <laughs> in a time, in and we live in bodies and times and places, and we all have things to do it's very practical
1: yeah
0: um and it all as everything does boils down to um Uh like treating ourselves humanely and acting humanely to others as much as possible, uh given given the circumstances.
1: Well, I guess I get I got to share uh the greatest religion with you, Marxism. (laughs) I brought you the good word. Good news.
0: Have you heard the good news? From
1: our man Carl.
0: Have you heard? (laughs) <laughs> Have you heard of dialectics?
1: <laughs> I, no,
0: not dianetics, dialectics.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, at a certain in our, point in our relationship, I was like, "Well, either we're gonna break up, or you're gonna take this book on Buddhism and this book in socialism um, and figure it out."
0: <laughs> Honestly, it was awesome. Like I, had, <laughs> that's exactly what I what I needed at the time, because I think like I had. I had uh, grown out of evangelicalism and had my was going along the path of like contemplative Christianity as a way, as a way out to something that, that made a little bit more um, sense and was doing a little bit more for me and which it had. And I've like still like a lot of respect for like, for a lot of the contemplative Christians that have helped me uh, throughout my life and personal like, either in person or people that I've read, and then through, like... And then through Buddhism after that, sort of, like, through from Thomas Merton into, like, Thich Nhat Hanh and other things. Yeah. That was very natural. And then, like, for some reason, then Marx... For some reason. For some reason, just seemed very, very natural after that. As far as um, if you take um, the best... If you take the best teaching of, of Christianity and Buddhism, as far as like love for love for oneself and for others, and then how to um, enact it, uh, how to enact it in the world, you're going to encounter uh, Marx. You're going to encounter socialism uh, very quickly after that. Yeah. And uh, even, you know, there's a good tradition of Christian socialists too. Who, yeah. And so we'll talk a bit more about. Some of that, I'm sure, in in, like further episodes, but uh, it's uh, it works. Praise be (laughs) to Carl, praise be to Carl.
1: Um, yeah, so I think that's I'm starting to get a little of the old Moderna arm here, so I think we need to wrap up the chills coming on. Not quite yet, but uh, the old vaccine arm is starting to hurt. Well,
0: we're gonna get you get you into bed with your um, with your book and your sunflower seeds.
1: And <laughs> My ginger ale.
0: Your ginger ale. It's clouding over. Should think about supper, ice cream.
1: Maybe. <laughs> Could be.
0: Could be. We'll see. Well, thanks for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, take care. May you be well. Uh, catch you next time.
1: Bye. Bye-bye. If you have ghosts, you have everything.